I'm Amber Peterson, and you're listening to Mamas and Money, Episode 31, Money Awareness. Did you know that creating confidence with your money will change your life? My name is Amber Peterson. I'm a mother, licensed financial professional, and a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And if you're ready, let's take this journey together. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mamas and Money. I am so excited that you're here today. I'm your host, Amber Peterson, and here at Mamas and Money, we want you to create confidence with your money because when you have confidence in your money, you create the life that you want for you, your family, and your business. And I firmly believe that you can change the world when you gain that confidence in yourself and in your money. You start to see things differently, you start to make different choices. You start to feel differently and it makes the world a better place. So welcome today. We're going to talk about money awareness. So let's go ahead and dive right in today. And it's so important that we gain awareness over our money because when we are aware, then we can see if it's working in our favor or if there's something we need to change to make it better. So we see signs everywhere we go and Safety signs are something that are very prevalent. I really love this sign that I saw uh, that it says safety first, be aware and take care. So when we become aware of our surroundings, when we become aware of our money, then we can take care of our money, which in turn helps take care of us, our families and our businesses. And before we dive right into more of that topic, I want to share a story from an amazing woman in the world. Her name is Victoria Wang. And Victoria Wang is a former banker and marketing consultant. She's had more than three decades of experience in the financial world. And as she rose to the ranks of corporate America, she saw very few women in senior roles and even fewer female role models for other working women. And by the time she left, she wanted to find ways to mentor women and encourage them down the path to economic independence. After she left corporate America, she decided to become and create and has become the co-founder of the Story Exchange in 2011. The Story Exchange talks about women in business, women of the world that are succeeding and doing very well. So they can have those role models going forward for all of us up and coming and those that are also behind us up and coming that want to make the world a better place and to help them and their families move forward. There was an article that she gave. So I'm going to read some of the information she shared there because I think it is so important for us as we move forward in our own financial journey. A question was asked to her. She says, during your time in banking, so she was there from the late 1970s to the early 1990s, what did you observe in regards to how women, coworkers, and clients alike related to money? This is what she said. It was really interesting to see that most women in banking were primarily in staff positions such as human resources and marketing, and not on the line, not out there banging on doors for business. A lot of the women didn't really know much about finance. And at that point, men ran most of the companies I called upon. I was amazed. Women were not running businesses. That's where I really felt role models were lacking. I also saw a real difference between men and women in interest in the financial area. Women just didn't seem interested. 
there were only a handful of women leaders that I could speak to. And when we got together, we weren't talking about business. That surprised me because when you hear the guys talking, they would be talking about their deals. And I worked in investment management between the early 1990s and mid 2000s. There were very few women portfolio managers. The next question was posed, how did you try to affect change? And what did those experiences teach you? She mentioned giving a finance 101 course in the, the 2000s, and it was to female groups for profit and for nonprofit groups that basically covered the basics from how to do a budget to basic investing and approaching one's portfolio. And she said, what was interesting was most of those women who signed up were either single women, single mothers, or divorced. There were maybe two women in a group of 15 to 20 that were married. And when I asked the single women why they were there, they said it was because they were responsible for their own finances. But the two married women said that while they were somewhat interested, their husbands took care of everything. When I asked if they wanted to control the money themselves, one of the married women said numbers bored her. Then I asked if she was up to date on their financial situation. She responded, why would I need to be? My husband can take care of that. And that really shocked me. She also goes on to say that money is a huge skill that women need to learn, especially in the entrepreneurial space. To grow a business, to have a business, you have to make sure you know about the finances and being able to understand those to then grow and scale what you want to create. The final question I want to touch on here too is she says, well, why do women regard money this way? Why do some women regard money as overwhelming or hard or boring? And this is what she concluded. She said, I've heard women say that finance is boring, but what I found is that they don't want to show their ignorance when speaking with financial professionals. Saying it's boring gets them off the hook. Another issue might be that women are not as competitive about money, <laughs> competitive as men about money. We hear men talk about the deals they make as though they were waving a flag to say how great they are. Even when I get a good deal, I don't go around telling everyone about it. I wonder if there is a difference in gender on how we perceive this kind of competition. And I remember someone talking to me about how their sons constantly demanded raises at work while their daughters just quietly did her job. Women don't want to rock the boat. We're taught that it's bad for a woman to be assertive, but good for a man. Women can be assertive in different areas, but when it comes to money, they tend not to be. So address a few things that Victoria talked about in that interview that I think are really, really important for us to take away. So she talked about, especially when she was in the finance and business world in corporate America, she said there was just a lack in female role models. She wished there was more more women that she could talk to, share experiences with that were both work and life related. So you could work together, you can collaborate and then support one another in that journey. So she wanted to have more female role models. And I believe we are not only formulating that, but more are to come, which is so exciting. The next thing that she pointed out is what are our responsibilities as women in our own financial decisions and our own financial futures? When she was out talking to those groups of women, the majority of those signing up were those that were single, that were single mothers and that were divorced because then they felt that they had responsibility over their finances. But I want to pose something that if you're in a relationship with a spouse or significant other, it's so important to then collaborate on finances. But what if that spouse or that partner is no longer able to work in finances. Let me explain. 
let's say you're married to a spouse and something happens where they can no longer make those decisions. What if there's a stroke? What if they are in a coma for a time? What if they are no longer able to assist in that area and heaven forbid passing away? Then the responsibility is completely on you. Wouldn't it make sense to also have that responsibility in conjunction with your spouse or significant other so you both are on the same page, so you both know what's going on and you can support each other in that? Take a look at that. What is your responsibility towards your own financial future, especially if something down the road comes up unexpected that it may fall on your shoulders later on? Always good to then look at your finances and have that responsibility over them. So you can take control of that as well. Understanding finances, figuring out how you're going to grow and how to raise money. So she was talking about, especially if you're a female entrepreneur, a business owner, or want to be this skill of knowing your finances and knowing how to scale them and grow them is going to be imperative as a business owner. She says, all of this is involved in starting a business. That's a major skill entrepreneurs must have. And the final point I wanted to bring up that she mentioned was women do not want to show ignorance when it comes to money. It can be easier to use excuses like money is boring or my spouse does the finances. We're not often taught to be assertive with money or to even be as confident about money as men. And I completely understand this. Growing up, my experience was it's not polite to talk about money. We don't talk about money. That is something you you do yourself. We don't collaborate and talk about that because it can be painful. It can be overwhelming. But at the same time, if we go out and we learn about money, as you're coming here today and learning about this information, the more confident you can become and it's going to help you make those decisions for the future. So let's dive right in and talk about, are you aware of your current money situation? Do you know what money is coming into your bank account? Do you know what kind of money is coming in to support you and your family? Do you know what money is going out? Now, sometimes it's easier for us to know money is going out because if we're spending money on groceries or if we're spending money on clothes for our kids or if we're spending money on the house payment, we can see that money going out. But do you keep track of what money is going out and how much is going out and how it's affecting the money coming in? Where do you choose to spend your money? Do you see where you're spending your money or do you actually calculate and say, okay, I'm spending this much in food for the month. I'm spending this much in bills for the month. How is that affecting our money situation? How is that affecting me and our family? How is it aligning with your goals? Are you aware that if your purchases, the things that you're spending money on, are they aligning with the life you want to create? And I love this analogy with a GPS. There are like specific GPS systems out there that you can use. A lot of people and individuals use their phones to get them to where they need to be. But the general premise of what a GPS or a map system does for us is tell us how to get from point A to point B. If I am at my home, that would be my point A. If I want to drive to the grocery store, that would be my point B. And I want to know how do I get there in the best way, most efficiently, that's going to get me there the quickest. So it's the same thing with our finances and gaining awareness of our finances. If we're not aware of where we are right now, if we don't have a goal or an awareness of where we want to go, 
It makes it really, really difficult for us to take the steps to get there. So there is a film called Alice in Wonderland. You may be familiar with it. There is a character in there called the Cheshire Cat, and he's speaking to Alice. And Alice says, well, which way do I go? She's on this path and there's several different ways she could go. And she's asking the Cheshire Cat, well, which one do I choose? And he says, well, that depends. Where do you want to go? And she goes, oh, well, it really doesn't matter where I go. Uh, I just need to know which one to choose. And he says, well, then it doesn't matter what path you choose because it doesn't matter where you end up. And sometimes it can feel like that with our finances if we don't know where we are and where we want to head and to get to. If you tuned in last week, we talked a little bit about giving your bank account and you a little extra love. And in there, we talked about setting goals. And that's kind of knowing your end destination of a GPS system. Where do you want to get to? What do you want your situation to be with money? Have you thought about what goals you want to accomplish? Do you want to own your home? Do you want to have an ability to retire and not have to work? Do you want the freedom to go travel and do different things with your life? What do you want to do and accomplish? And then the next part of that is knowing where you're starting from. What is your money situation right now? Where are you? Do you have money saved? Do you have debts that need to be taken care of so you can keep going on your journey? Right? So this is why it's so, so important to know both of these things, where you're going and where you're starting from. So how do we find out and where do we start <laughs> to know where we're starting from on our journey? The most basic thing that we can start to do is to track your money. Now, I know this isn't the most glamorous thing and it is not the most fun, but it's so important for us to keep track of where our money is going and also keep track of the money coming in. And you can do that very simply on an expense tracker. What money is coming in? Do you know how much money you or your spouse or you guys together are bringing in? Or if you're single or don't have a spouse or significant other, do you know how much money that you bring in every single month? And then we need to take note of the expenses that you have going out from the money coming in. And this expense tracker I have on here is very simple. You can have all different kinds of tracking out there. You can go online. There's a ton of different resources. So many people are offering, you know, beautifully done trackers. You can even just have a piece of paper at home or you can go online. A lot of banking and financial institutions will actually keep a record of all your expenses that have things like the date on them the description of where you sent the money, what you spent the money on, the amount you spent. And also now they won't have the category. Usually that's usually what you can do on the side to put it into a budget later on, but they keep records of those transactions and you can every single month go and print those transactions off and have them for your record. Now, if you are looking to keep a tracker by the bank or financial institution, you want to make sure that you keep records from all the banks or all the financial institutions you work with. So for example, if you have a bank account, you're going to want to pull those records. If you have a credit card, you're going to want, and you've used money on the credit card, you're going to want to pull those records and combine them. So you have a complete and accurate picture going forward of how much you've spent. What I like to do 
with a tracker is keep it online. So a very simple spreadsheet. There's a software that is called Excel that you can actually keep this in that makes it very nice because it already keeps it into these great columns and you can decide which section you want to label. So I like to put the date so I know exactly when I spent that money. I like to put the description of, hey, I went to the dentist. So I spent money at the dentist office. This is the amount of money that I spent. And in the category, I might put in the category of health or health care. And that way, as I'm doing this tracker, I can see exactly where all of my money is going and what I'm choosing to spend my money on. So there's a lot of benefits here of tracking. And I just have three listed. But the first one is you know exactly where your money's going. You can see it right there in front of you. And it also shows you the choices you're making regarding your money. If you have on your tracker that you have spent money on a house payment or a mortgage, then you're realizing you're making a choice to have a house. If you notice that you spent money on eating out, you notice that you're making the choice to spend money on eating out instead of making a meal at home. It just brings awareness to our choices as well as where our money is going. And that's the second one. So you gain awareness of your choices and then you can decide if they are serving you. So you might notice on your expense tracker, let's take an example. In your expense tracker, what if you notice you eat out every single week and that's starting to add up. Let's say you've gone through this for the entire month. You might look at it and say, oh, I just spent $200 eating out. Now, is that choice to spend money on eating out, is that serving you towards the goals you want for your future? And it's just a great exercise. And there's no right or wrong answers here. You could say, yes, I was totally serving me. I was more efficient. I was able to get more done. I didn't have to stress about food. It was wonderful. Awesome. If it's serving you and what you want to create for your life, go for it. But if you're noticing it and saying, you know what? I don't think I want to spend that much money on eating out. I could have used that money for other things that could align with what I want to create. So for example, if you said, you know, I really wish I would have maybe spent $50 on eating out and 150 in saving because I know in the future I want to have this money in savings for an emergency fund because that's important to me, then you can start to make choices that align with what you want to create. And the third benefit I have listed here, it becomes less scary and overwhelming and complicated. And when I say it becomes less scary, I'm talking about money. I think sometimes when we think about money, it's overwhelming and scary because we think of everything that we have to do with money. We think, oh my goodness, I have to keep track of all my money. I need to make sure it's going to the right places. I have to look at money <laughs> coming in and I have to see my choices. And sometimes our brain looks at it and say, it's just scary and overwhelming. Don't worry about it right? Because that's easier than needing to look at it. But when we look at it like this, we see in front of us the choices we're making. We see the amount of money that's going out. It becomes less scary and overwhelming. It's just a series of choices at that point. Why our brains don't like this is because some things will come up during this process of tracking. The first one is your mindset and beliefs around money will come up during this process. Things like, now you may have these mindset and, and beliefs around money. You may have different ones. That's okay. But these are just some examples. There is never enough money. Money is overwhelming. Money is complicated. 
So as you go to track your money, if you have these mindset and beliefs is that there's never enough, it's overwhelming, it's complicated, that's something you have to work through then as you're tracking your money. And you have to actually confront those mindsets and beliefs, ask yourself, are they true for you? Because if you think and you believe that money is overwhelming and complicated, that belief's going to come up every time you're writing something down in, in your tracker. It's going to come up every time you want to do a budget. And then you're going to have to work with that belief to decide, is that going to serve me going forward? Or do I want to believe something different about money? That money maybe isn't complicated. Maybe money doesn't have to be overwhelming. And the second thing that's going to come up is your judgments of yourself and your choices. So as you see that tracker in front of you, this is why a lot of us don't want to face that is because we look at maybe some of the choices we made and then we judge ourselves for it. We might look at an expense on there and it, we might say, oh man, I'm wasting my money. Why did I spend my money on that? We might get down on ourselves. I'm, oh, I'm so terrible with money. I can't believe that I did that again. I can't get my spending under control. I'm not good with money. Right? It's so much easier for us to go, hey, I don't want to confront all that. I just don't, I just won't look at what I'm spending because <laughs> it's easier. It feels better. But we need to confront that about ourselves if we want to improve our money situation, if we want to get towards the life we want to create. These are things we are going to need to meet head on and decide, okay, are those beliefs, is that mindset serving me? And being kind with ourselves in the process, being compassionate with ourselves and not be so judgmental about the choices we make, but to be open and curious about why we make those choices. Now, I want to offer you as we go through this, some ideas to help stay on the path, but this is why we talk so much about mindsets and beliefs around money and why we've talked about it so much already in some of the previous episodes is because our beliefs, our mindsets, the way we think about money, the way we judge ourselves, all of those different things, the way we feel and act around money, those are the foundations to then help us create what we want to with money. So it's okay that these things will come up. It's okay that you might have a judgment about a choice you made. It gives us that opportunity to look at that and say, hmm, that's interesting. Why am I judging myself for making this choice? That's interesting. I wonder why I believe that about money. That's interesting that I think I'm not very good with money. Why is that? And really start to open up and be curious about why those things are coming up for us in this process. But I do want to also offer you what you can do to help you stay on that path to getting you towards your goal, even with all of those things coming up. I want to talk to you a little bit about what our brain focuses on. Our brain's job is to keep us safe, is to keep us efficient, and to seek for pleasure as often as possible. And those are very simplified terms. <laughs> There's a lot more that goes into it, but very simplified, that's what our brain tries to do. So our brain will focus on all of the things in our lives that could possibly do us harm or threaten us. And so our brain tends to focus on the negative because it's looking for all of those things in our lives that could bring us harm. It's part of its job. That's what it's supposed to do. And so it's going to look for all the reasons why you shouldn't look at, track, or improve your finances. Let's say, for example, you haven't tracked anything as of now. You don't really look at money. You don't look at your finances. Completely okay. But your brain goes, hey, we've never had to look at it before. Why are you choosing to change something that could be dangerous? Looking at our finances could be dangerous. Let's not do that. And it's going to work against you to look at, to do that. And just like we mentioned before, 
our brains also want to save time and energy and it doesn't want to confront things, especially if they're going to be painful or cause us harm or threaten us. So when we look at our finances and I said, those things will come up, our mindsets, our beliefs and our judgments, that's going to take time to work through. It's going to take effort to work through and it's going to be confronting some of those things that we may be judging ourselves on. So we might experience some negative feelings, some negative pain there. And these are all the things our brain's trying to avoid. So our brain's like, yeah, let's not do that. <laughs> let's avoid that at all costs. But you know that you have a life you want to create. And if you're not at that life that you love living every day, let's help you get on that path. So you know that you want to create other things. You want to go after certain goals. You have other things you want to create in your life. So we need to allow our brains to be nervous and upset, but then say, let's keep moving forward. I know this seems scary. I know this seems overwhelming, but let's move forward because we know on the other side of all of this work is going to be the life you want. So how do you stay on the path? We want to help redirect your mind to what is possible and help you create that future. One of the best ways to do this is positive affirmations. And you probably have heard this in many, many different areas. I know that on the internet, internet, there's a ton of them that you can look up, but practicing positive self-affirmations helps you perform better, feel more confident and neutralize feelings of threat and doubt. And this is done by all sorts of different research and on psychology and all of these different things, looking at what affirmations and self-affirmations do to your brain and how it helps it move forward. So those positive affirmations, saying them as kind of the first step that helps your brain kind of start to recognize, okay, you know, we're starting to say this more and more often. There may be some truth to that, but then really trying to feel that as you are affirming that. So you want to find affirmations that are believable to you where you're at right now. So you can start to feel that you can start to say, yes, this is possible. And you're going to need to say these and feel these a lot <laughs> because our brain is constantly looking for the negative constantly. So we need to be then redirecting it all the time. So when that negative thought comes, we place it with an affirmation that we want. So I just have some examples here. The money gives me more opportunities and possibilities. I always have more than enough money to meet my needs. I trust in my ability to achieve my financial goals. I have a positive and healthy relationship with money. Now, some of those may be believable to you. Some of them may not. That's okay. I want you to find the ones that are going to be most believable to you that helped redirect your brain to what you want to create. So you might look at one of those and say, I always have more than enough money to meet my needs. Maybe that's believable. So every time your brain goes, hey, we don't really want to track money. This seems overwhelming and hard. You say, I always have enough, more than enough money to meet my needs. I have a positive and healthy relationship with money. Money gives me opportunities and possibilities. So you keep running those positive affirmations every time those negative ones come up to reaffirm, hey, this is where we're going and it's going to be okay. So as we wrap up here today, I want to leave you with this quote from Eleanor Roosevelt. And she said, it takes as much energy to wish as it does to plan. 
And what I take that to mean is sometimes we can think of our lives and say, oh, it would be so nice if I could be financially independent. It'd be wonderful if I didn't have to worry about money. Oh, I would love to give this opportunity for my kids. And we sit maybe in that land of wish, but it takes just as much brain energy to wish as it does to make a plan and take steps to move forward towards that plan. So if you want those things, if you want financial independence, if you want to give more opportunities to your children, if you don't want to worry about money, then we want to take those steps necessary to get you there. And I want you to just picture and think about what that will be like on that other side when you've done all of this to make that happen and what your life will be like. It's been such a pleasure to share this with you today. And I just want you to know, I believe in you. I believe that you can make the life that you want. You can create it. You have everything within you to create that. And as we're going through all of these different lessons each week, take away and start applying those things to your life. And let me know how it goes. I want to hear about the differences it's making and how it's helping you create the future you want to create. And I know when you do this and you're creating the life you want, you make this world a better place. I would love to connect. Please reach out and we'll talk to you next week. And if you're finding this podcast helpful, but you want to go to the next level in creating confidence with your money, head on over to amberpetersoncoaching.net forward slash courses. There we're going to help you create confidence in your money. And what does confidence do? It's going to help you make those decisions you need to make about your money and feel good about those decisions. It's going to help you generate more abundance and more income where we can look at what is your money mindset creating for you? And is that something that's serving you? Or do you want to create something more? I look forward to seeing you there and we'll talk to you next week. Thank you for joining me today. Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas of things you want to learn about in upcoming podcast episodes. You can reach me by email at amberpetersoncoaching at gmail.com. And if you find this podcast to be beneficial and is supporting you in your goals, please leave a review. That way others can find this podcast as well. I appreciate you and look forward to taking this journey together.